This episode is sponsored by Rulin Group. There are four gifts I've received over the years that really stood out, and the common link between all of them is each one was sourced through the Ruling Group. If you want to deliver amazing gifts that capture people's attention, go to GiversEdge.com to learn more. Hey, it's Ian Altman. On this episode, I'm joined by Dr. Jay Greenstein. Now, no one needs medical care here. Jay is actually a doctor of chiropractic, but the reason I've got Jay on is because he's also an expert at growing businesses, managing culture, and kind of the grit and swagger that makes businesses work. We'll talk about the keys to overcoming challenges and failures, the methods and tools that we use to kind of help our brain overcome roadblocks, and then this concept of swagger that Jay talks about. Keep in mind, this is a guy who's built six practices with four divisions, is leading the way in results-based research for chiropractic, something that wasn't there in the past. So you're going to learn a ton from Jay Greenstein. So Dr. Jay Greenstein, welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. It's great to be here. I want to talk about something that you've got a lot of, a lot of expertise in, which is a lot of businesses struggle with overcoming challenges, overcoming failures, or even just the fear of those. So before we dive into all the advice that you have on what people should be doing, what are the biggest mistakes, what are the biggest roadblocks that people run into when it comes to those failures or challenges? Well, I appreciate you telling me that I'm an expert at failure. That, that's, that's starting <laughs> off the interview really well. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. I'm the champion of failure, baby. Let's do it. If you're going to suck, Jay's your guy. <laughs> I'm your guy. <laughs> no, I mean, and, and the reality is that you've, you've obviously built up a whole bunch of methods and tools for how you deal with that. And it's funny because we, we had talked about this before, for a lot of people it's, no, I've never failed because they've never taken a risk because they fear that they might fail. Sure, sure. But so the fact that you figured out, okay, it's okay to take risks and have small failures and know how to overcome those is great. But how do you see most people deal with and react when they have a situation that didn't go well? I mean, every person is different, so it's hard to say most people, but I, I think from a, a general perspective, at least in the people that I work with both as colleagues in my industry as well as people on my team, it kind of starts in the brain. You know, it's this mental roadblock of, okay, this is my destiny, or I'm never going to get there. You know, I can't do what I really want to be able to do to achieve my vision or my goals. So it really starts between the ears. And I think for me, you know, as I've gone through my series of failures and, you know, listen, man, I've, I've gone bankrupt almost twice. So like, <laughs> I, like I get it. Um, you know, I've, and I, at the, at the points where you go through those struggles and fears, you know, you can, you can take this one of two ways. You can say, this is my destiny and I'm kind of, I'm going to be a failure or I'm going to be a loser. Or I'm not going to get to the point where I want to be. Or you can take an objective look and say, okay, let's figure out why I got here and let's figure out ways, tools, um, and opportunities for me to get out of where I'm at and get to where I want to be. And I think I've worked really, really hard at that. And so as we were kind of talking earlier, there was some, there's like an acronym that I developed and I call it SWAGGER, S-W-A-G-R. And, and each of those kind of has some meanings, but also some tools around that. And through the years, as I've gone through what I've gone through, SWAGGER has, you know, it has, it has helped me get to um, a point where I know that even if I'm in a bad place right now, I can ultimately get to the point where I want to be. So, okay. so, so, so take me back to, because... 
from anybody looking from the outside, it's like, man, they've got this really successful chiropractic and rehab facility and not even facility, multiple facilities, what is it, six practices, yeah. you've got four different divisions of the company, yeah. you guys are kind of trailblazing when it comes to research and outcome-based research so that it's not... If you think about it, if you go back 25 years, chiropractic was like, yeah, but is that real science? And now <laughs> you guys are actually providing the data no that doubt. support that that validates this. So, yeah. so you know, you speak around the world on on this stuff. So it's not like you're just phoning this in. But take me to a place where you had a quote failure, sure. and maybe even how you dealt with it the first time versus yeah. how you would deal with it today. Yeah, that's great. I mean, so. In uh, 2003, we had just doubled the size of our first office. We had expanded to our, our second office and our third office. And then what we did is we decided to make our first acquisition. So we had literally no infrastructure. We did not have a clear vision, mission, value statement that kind of gelled the entire organization together. And our processes were just, for lack of a better word, in. They were Right? They were just terrible. So you and were perfectly poised to acquire somebody. <laughs> I was I was perfectly poised to fail. Let's put it that way. So, you know, here we are. We think, man, we're just kicking it. You know, we're seeing all these patients. You know, everybody wants to come and see us. We're doing a great job. We're building this great reputation. And yet at the end of the day, we had no infrastructure to actually handle this growth. And I feel like, you know, that's a tale that could be told with lots and lots of entrepreneurs. Like you scale quickly and all of a sudden you're like W2F. Like, what yeah. do I do now? Yeah. And so it's funny because the S in swag um, really starts with Six Sigma. So what we had to learn and, and what I had to learn is first I needed to, again, I had that personal reflection. Okay, what do I need to do? I have to be smarter. I have to do some, some personal development. And I listened to um, the book Jack. So, so, by, so by the way, bef before you talk about what you had to do, yeah. so you went through this acquisition yeah. and then how did it go? The acquisition went fine. We actually made money on the deal, which made okay. me think I was even smarter than I was. Okay. Okay. So we made money on the deal. And the fact of the matter is we're seeing lots of patients, but we're not getting paid. So, and we're not getting paid because our processes are so poor, you know, submitting the insurance claims are just, you know, they're getting denied. They're not even getting seen. Yeah. Like who knows where those insurance claims went? So yeah, I apologize for not being clear about that. So yeah, we're seeing lots of patients and no money's coming in the door. And that means bankruptcy. Yeah. Right. Which, which for anybody who's a novice is bad. Is in bad. Business. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Kind of not a good business thing. personally. Bankruptcy <laughs> generally not considered a good right. thing. Not good. Right. Not where we want to be. Exactly. So at that point, you know, again, I, I realized that there's some, some things I really need to learn. And so I'm listening to this book, Jack, Jack Welch, and he's talking about this thing called Six Sigma. And I really couldn't understand what he was talking about, but I did some more research and I realized Six Sigma was really about process improvement, yep. which then ultimately ties to customer loyalty. So I did a lot of homework. We did some training. And so now, and how we got out of that mess is we figured out the three to five key variables in, in, in our process for in, in submitting insurance claims. We figured out those three to five key variables that had to be correct in order for us to have clean claims, in order for us to be paid. And that's the essence of Six Sigma. It's, it's drilling down a process, figuring out those three to five things that must be correct that will drive a given result. Well, and, and explain, explain for our listeners' benefit, because there's a lot of people that may not have the same background that I do. So give people kind of a 30 second, here's what Six Sigma is, because obviously the Sigma 
referring to the standard deviation. Yes, I mean, Six yes. Sigma means something. Yes, and I think the first time I saw you speak was about Six Sigma. So just give people a 30 second before we go through the rest of Swagger. Sure. So, so Six Sigma, mathematically speaking, is 3.4 defects per million opportunities in a given process. So if you think about some of your most important processes, imagine it takes a million steps to get there. If your processes run at Six Sigma, which is 99.99666% correct, which, by the way, is statistically much better than 99% correct, then you're, you're, you're basically running almost perfectly. 3.3 defects per million opportunities, very, 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 very small. And so we had to figure out how to get our insurance claim submissions at Six Sigma, which we did by controlling three to five steps in our process that ultimately allowed us to get paid again and survive not going bankrupt. Yeah, and, and I think that for people listening, <laughs> most businesses, like if I say, okay, Here's a process for how we're going to produce speaking agreements. Mm -hmm. We're nowhere near Six Sigma. Now, by the way, we saw that there were some errors. So what did we do? We built it into a process. So now we fill out a form. The form produces it. So go. now, guess what? We probably are Six Sigma sure. because we've made it so that we've taken out the opportunity for human error. As long as we capture the data right up front it's going to generate the agreement, but for a long time, we just plain screwed it up. Well, it's brilliant because, I mean, what you're mentioning right now is the use of technology really to help reduce or eliminate human error altogether. So that's kind of where we want to be, right? And I think it's also important to understand that you don't have to be in a manufacturing business to have a process that has, you know, whatever number of steps it has. I'm in a service industry, technically speaking, but I really manufacture a couple of things. I manufacture healthcare outcomes, I manufacture insurance claims, and actually, I manufacture total patient experiences. And so I can extrapolate that information, think about the steps that are required, the key variables to control, and then deliver at a Six Sigma level. And that's really what the ultimate goal is. Yep. So that's S in Swagger. So, so, the, so the S is Six Sigma. So it's S-W-A-G-R. So take me through the rest. Sure. So W is really who. So, you know, big, big fan of Jim Collins, love good to great. You know, his second chapter starts with first who, then what. And part of the experience that I've had, and I'll give you the second time we almost went bankrupt, um, instead of growing geographically, we grew internally, we hired a bunch of doctors, and we looked at skill sets. We said, oh my God, this person's certified in that, and they're trained in this, and they seem like really nice people. But because we hadn't clarified our vision, our mission, and our values, and didn't align our hiring processes with those, we hired people based on their skill set, how they looked on paper, and yeah, they were nice people in the interview process. They were quote unquote team players, if you've ever Heard that but, they, but they didn't fit your culture. But they didn't fit my culture. And I hadn't clearly defined the culture, which I'll, I will yeah. definitely get to. But so, um, you know, the who part was, the who part really is, is making sure that you've got the right people in the right seat on the bus and setting up your infrastructure to make sure you know what that looks like. Yep. So we've got six seconds, we've got who, mm -hmm. then the A. Sure. So the A really comes from Dan Pink. And you know, I, I highly encourage anybody who's not read this book, um, Drive. It's a great book. He talks about kind of intrinsic motivation. It's like, what are the factors that motivate people internally? And you know, it's all about autonomy, which is the A. And then I just threw in mastery and purpose because I needed to make the swagger work. Okay, so it's autonomy, mastery, and purpose. So when you bring, once you've got the right hiring process, um, and by the way, I want to be able to give the tools out when we're done, just because there's a tool for each one that I want to make, cool. make sure we give to everybody. But um, you know, when you get through the 
the right hiring process and you've brought the right people in, it's really important that you provide autonomy. It's important that you, you know, make sure that they've got opportunities for professional development. That's the mastery piece. But again, the purpose piece is really, really important. So um, we've been working with, um, you guys, you know them very well, Joe McClinsky and Jeff Lesher. As EntreQuest, yeah. At EntreQuest, these guys are phenomenal. You know, we had done a pretty good job kind of clarifying our vision, mission, and value statements, and they just made it like exponentially better. And so now it becomes, it has become in our organization very clear about who we are, what we believe, and how we behave. Yeah. And when we align that with, you know, what we do in our business every single day, and also the people that we bring on, you know, the A part, that the A part of the swagger, autonomy, mastery, and then aligning it to our purpose, it brings the entire culture together. And again, I'll talk about a tool related to culture um, before we get off the air today. But yeah, that's the A. Yeah, cool. So Six Sigma, who... Autonomy, mastery, and purpose. Thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, I know Dan pretty well, so that makes perfect sense. And then, and then the G. Yeah. So um, the G is uh, is a really um, con- a really important concept that's close to my heart, and it's grit. Okay. So what do you mean by that? If you've not heard of Angela Duckworth, I highly encourage that you watch her TED Talk video. But grit is really the combination of passion and perseverance. And she talks about kind of the elements that tie together to passion and perseverance. But, you know, you you don't have to be the smartest person in the world to be able to take what you're passionate about and overcome the obstacles as it relates to challenges. And and I will dare say the F word again, failure. Right. And so it takes grit. And, and I think for any entrepreneur to be successful and to get through the challenges they may go through, either now or in the future, um, grit is a really important component. So again, there's a tool to that. We'll talk about that later. But there's a great tool to measure that. So Six Sigma, who, autonomy, grit. And let me talk about grit for a little bit because one of the things that, uh, that I'm a big fan of is oftentimes when someone's going to embark on something – they think about, okay, here's what I want to accomplish. And the first thing they do is they list all the obstacles that would prevent them from doing it. Like it gives them permission to not pursue it. Sure. And the way I look at grit is a function of, look, first think about what you want to do, why you want to do it, how it's going to impact others. And don't worry so much about the how. Sure. I, I agree. you got to get that part figured out first. There's no question about it. And what you're talking about really ties to kind of the other part of G, which is the growth mindset. So Carol Dweck has talked about this. And, and you know, when Angela talks about her, her in her presentation about grit, she talks about, OK, well, it's great to be able to measure grit. But then how do you develop more grit? And then she references Carol's work. And it's about creating a growth mindset, which is exactly what you just talked about. Right. It's not so much about the obstacles, but it's like, OK, um, you know, how am I going to get there? Why am I going to get there? And let's not worry about the challenges right now. It's like, I'm passionate about this. Okay, how can I actually change my brain? How can my brain evolve through learning? And Carol talks about your brain actually changing physiologically through the learning process so that your mind literally grows. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. I'm, a, I'm actually, one of, one of my clients right now, one of, one of their operational people is going to be instrumental in helping to grow their business. And I'm a firm believer that over time, you're going to see fewer pure salespeople and more subject matter experts who have the skills and knowledge on how to grow their business. And so this guy came in, and first thing he says, well, I know our CEO wants us wants to meet with you, but but I'm there's just no way I'm ever going to sell anything. And I said, okay, I get that. So why are we meeting? I said, well, because I'm just going to talk to you about what it is that I do, and then you'll tell me where you think you can help. I says, Okay, so I talked to him, so we're having a little conversation. I said, okay, are there any areas 
that you help your clients today where you can help them better than they can help themselves? I says, oh, absolutely. That's okay. And when you help them in those areas, do they respect you or do they loathe talking to you? Oh, no, they respect me and they love me. Okay. Do you think there are any other areas that you're not helping them in today that you also might be able to help them better than they can help themselves? Right. He goes, well, yeah, of course. And I said, okay. <laughs> Would you be comfortable talking to people about different areas that you can help them that they're not helping themselves right now to reach better outcomes? He goes, oh, absolutely. I said, okay. Now, in my world, we call that sales. <laughs> I said, you can call it whatever you want. But do you realize that if all we're doing is, from an integrity standpoint, helping somebody solve a problem, they can't solve themselves, and you could see the switch like, just change in his brain and go, oh, so I'm not selling anything. I'm just helping people solve their problems exactly it. Oh, yeah, I could do that. Light bulb right? on. But, but guess what? What happened was he had in his brain a preconceived notion of what selling was. Sure. And he had been on the receiving end of so many lousy salespeople that he had the stereotype ingrained in his head and he wasn't going to be that person. Yeah. And once he realized, wait a minute, I'm not going to be that person. I'm going to be this other person. He'll be a rock star and he'll probably outperform everyone who thinks they're a salesperson in the organization. He just doesn't know it yet. Yeah, that's awesome. That's why you're a genius at what you do, my friend. I mean, I've heard you talk many times and I've seen you do your thing. And it's just genius. It makes so much sense because you're changing the mindset of the individual, right? It's not about sales. It's about helping others. Yeah. and it, But it, guess what? Most organizations, when they teach selling, they don't teach it that way. So it becomes very uncomfortable, not only for the client, or the client or the patient, but also for the individual who's practicing these dastardly techniques. Right, right. So, so, we've, so we've got Six Sigma, we've got who, autonomy, grit. What's the R? So R, it's all about relationships, right? So I think about Gary V and, and a great blog post that he wrote not too long ago. And, and, the, and the whole post was really about adding as much value as you possibly can. And I'm kind of a big karma person. And I believe, you know, you put good stuff out there and good things come back to you. But when you go through tough times as an entrepreneur, it's really the opportunity for one to, um, to really connect with those people that can actually help them get through. You're not alone. You're not on an island. And you've got lots of people out there who can potentially help you. And it's those relationships that matter. And you know, sometimes I think people are afraid or they don't want to admit that, oh my God, my business is not doing well, or we lost money, or this, that, or the other. But it's like, get over that. Like, get over that. Because actually, I think there's a whole lot more respect that people might have for you because you're being authentic. And you're like, you know what? sucks right now. It's not going well. And like, and then somebody might turn to you and say, well, guess what? This is how I can help you. And so, you know, tapping into those relationships are really important. And how do you build a great network and have a great group of relationships? I think it's all about adding value first. Um, and I think when you're always thinking about how you can help others first and foremost, you'll naturally build a great network. I mean, Derek, our friend Derek Coburn has written an amazing book. You Derek Coburn's um, the master of this. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's the master. But it comes from a really altruistic place. Like when oh, yeah. he created Kadre, it was all about, hey, man, like we all need to be in a community where we can help one another. Yeah. And I think that is the, is the genius behind everything that he teaches. You know, we've heard Jason Gaynor talk a million times from Mastermind Talks about, you know, your network is your net worth. And it's yeah. so true. But it has to come from an authentic place. So, you know, building strong relationships, um, your network not only needs to be wide, but in my opinion, it needs to be deep. You need to have deep, meaningful connections. Well, it's it's great it's great that you say that because I think one of the one of the misnomers or the mistakes that a lot of people make is 
they get into a network environment, and their first thought is, what can I get out of this? Right. Instead of, what can I put into it? Sure. What can I contribute to this community and not be constantly thinking, what do I get back? There are, there are some of these classic networking groups like BNI where, you know what, I'm sure it's great for certain types of businesses, but the notion is, hey, Jay, I gave you three leads, so do you have three leads for me? Well, guess what? You may have given me three leads for people who have no need for what I can do to help. And for me to give you three people who you're going to be a waste of their time and your time, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Right. But if you if you take the time to help somebody else, then what it does is it it gets them to understand, you know what? So that's what this person does. And they really generate good results. No doubt. Hey, you know what? If I'm generating good results, then then you become easily referable. So sure. the R could be relationships, it could be results, it could be referable. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it could be apps, yeah, all those things. And I think um, there's some- there's So it some... could be swagger. <laughs> <laughs> Swag emperor, right? I, I think it's really important to understand, you know, I've done a lot of, of research on kind of happiness and flow. And Martin Seligman is like, he's the leader of positive psychology. And, and Ange you know, he references Angela Duckworth. And I think she might've even actually been a student of his. But I think it's important to understand that, you know, relationships um, is, is a meaningful part of people's not only happiness, but also their ability to flourish. And so relationships is more than just about business. It's just about being that much happier in life. And also, there's some really great data around the fact that when you help others, and you know this as just a very altruistic, good human being, but when you help others, it actually makes you feel better. You're actually happier. So there's a lot to say about giving that tie to building your relationships, that tie to building your business, but also just building a happier life. It's, it's funny. When there, there are certain groups that I'll speak, uh, that I'll speak to, and at the end, I'll say to people, look, I will give six people here 20 minutes. You can ask me any questions you want. There's no upsell. There's no cross-sell. There's no anything. Just whatever you want to talk about, I'm, I'm, happy, I'm happy to address it. Right. And so it's amazing how people are kind of reluctant to do this. And then they'll, they'll call in and we'll have this conversation. And I go, so what do you want to talk about today? This and that. Okay, great. Here's some suggestions I have. Here's different advice. And I'll ask in the end is that you just give me an update, fire me an email in the next month or so, let me know what's working for you. And it's funny because in almost every call in the end, they're like, and um, so what else? Is there something that you want to cover? I'm like, <laughs> no, it's just like, that's just it. here to help, right? That's, that's it. I'm just here to help. So how does this work for you? I said, well, if you don't send me any feedback, then it kind of sucks for me because then I threw something out there and I don't get any feedback. Right. So if you're okay just giving me feedback on what works, that's great. Now, I will tell you, it's really gratifying when someone sends a note that says, you know, I was struggling. I was like the bottom performing sales guy in the organization. And six weeks later, I'm the number one guy in the, in the organization. You go, that's awesome. Exactly. Now, that's great. I know that sometime in the next X number of years, the company he works for is going to be like, wait a minute, so this guy was sucking wind, now he's crushing it, what did he do? We listen to that guy, maybe we should have that guy come to speak to us. Or, <laughs> All right. like, that'll probably happen, and it may not, and I'm okay with it. Yeah. But it's just so funny because people are so used to somebody always having their hand out asking for stuff, that when you do stuff that's just truly altruistic, people don't know how to deal with it. Yeah. They're like, well, now what happens? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, is there some ask come after? No, 
That's it. All yeah. right. Bye-bye. It's a beautiful thing. Goes Surprising people like that, I think, uh, kind of makes my day, right? Because yeah. they're like, wow, that was really cool. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a it's a magical thing. I remember remember in, in, in your guys' practice, I had screwed up my back, and I sent you a text. I'm like, hey, dude, you're like, you know, when can I get in to see somebody? And you're like, oh, listen, I got you set up for 730 tomorrow morning, because I was like in really agony. And I get there, and, and you're... Um, your, your doc who was there, he comes in. I said, oh, man, I'm so lucky that you guys opened this early. And he goes, um, yeah, we don't really open this early. <laughs> we, we don't really open this early. But, uh, but Jay just said, well, for hey, you, can, we do. can you help, can you help yeah. out a buddy of mine? Exactly. And, and, you know, it was magic. But it's just, you know, that sort of thing. So I, I think that whole idea of the relationship side. And unfortunately, too often, I think people, when they talk about relationships, I've written about this before, which is, um, I think I had an article titled, If I Needed a Friend, I'd Get a Puppy. And so people think, oh, well, I'm going to be their buddy or pal, instead of what you emphasize, which is you need to add value. If you're adding value, that's where people really value your, your relationship with them. No doubt. I mean, it's not, it's not to say, I mean, let's put it this way. We all, we all have friends we like hanging out with just because they're fun. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you get to any sort of business context, you want to think about how do I add value to help their business, help them in whatever journey they're on. And don't think about it as, okay, and I'm making deposits and they come back to me because then you'll be disappointed. Sure. Like, it doesn't matter if they ever come back. And if they do, it's great. But... You and I both know if you do enough good things for other people, I mean, you said you're a big fan of karma. I don't think it's so much some mystical force. It's just you do good things and people are like, okay, how can I help them? Sure, of course, absolutely. You know, we've all been in those situations, those networking situations where people just talk and talk and talk and talk. And so for anybody who's building their network or working to build relationships, I would just give some advice to shut up and listen. Just be curious. Be curious. Be curious. Like, learn about them. You know, just figure out, like, what you can do to help them. Because I guarantee you and most people that you meet in your life, there's probably at least one thing that you can do to help that person. Oh, yeah. There's one referral you can make. There's one suggestion you can make. There's one book you can talk about. There's one thing that you can do to help that person. But if you're talking all the time and not listening, you'll never find that out. That's great. So let's let's make sure that people know how to put this stuff into action. So what are the tools yeah, great. that people should use to implement this idea of swagger. Great. So let's talk about Six Sigma. So there's a great free online learning center. From and by the way, we'll, we'll put all this stuff in the show notes. Yeah, great. Um, I, by the way, full disclosure, I don't get anything from this. This is just me just wanting to, you know, give as much as I possibly can. So so BMGI, Boy, Mary, Girl, uh, Igloo. So BMGI.com has a free online learning center that has tons of modules on Six Sigma. They are, you know, great modules that explain lean and I didn't even get into lean today. We won't get into that. It didn't fit into my swagger acronym, so I couldn't talk about <laughs> lean. But, but, um, but yeah, uh, great online modules. It's free to the free to the public. I highly encourage you to check it out. Yep. Uh, when it comes to the who part. Um, you know, we use top grading as part of our interview process. Um, it's a great way to identify kind of who people are and what they value. Um, there is a free online uh, manual or handbook, the top grading manual. If you just Google top grading, you will find that online. And, and by the way, on that who side also, you're trying to figure out who's on the bus. I know you've got experience with them. I do. The guys at EntreQuest, oh, they're rock stars. They're, they're, just, they're just phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, it's just the, these guys really get it. If you're trying to put the right kind of culture in your business, um, 
you know, they, they, these guys are like the Jedi Knights of this stuff. I mean, it's, there's some people who do a good job with it. These guys are just, they're like, geniuses. Yeah, they're just, they truly are. And I'll, I'll, touch on that a little bit more when I get to the A part because I do want to talk about the culture part. So the, the A is the autonomy, mastery, and purpose. And again, it's creating that culture of autonomy and mastery, but it's also making sure that you're really clear about you know your vision values and your vision, mission, and values, like who you are, what you believe, and how you behave. And that's where, again, Jeff and Joe have pro- provided amazing value. And just, you know, to give them a plug, it's not, you know, I just, they're, they're amazing people. Talk about people that you work with that always want to give more than you'd ever expect. I can't tell you the amount of time they've spent with us. Like, I would even use the word love. I mean, they give love to us. They do whatever it takes to help us be successful. And um, I think that's great. So EntreQuest is a great tool. You know, if you don't know anything about them, Google them. They're fantastic. I believe it's entrequest.com. But in addition to that, or and in addition to that, um, I highly recommend any entrepreneur, any person who owns their own business, anybody in HR, you have to read The Culture Blueprint by Robert Richman. Um, You know, he's got to work with Tony Shea. He's friends with our good buddy, Joey Coleman. Um, He has written a great book. You know, and if I were to start all over again, opening my practice day one, that would have been the first book that I would have ever read. Yeah, and and if you if you look on ianaltman.com, you look under the business cast, you'll see a prior episode with uh, with yeah. Robbie. He's 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 great, and you'll also see Joe McClinsky on there from EntreQuest. So, <laughs> that's great. So listen um, to those two guys. See, yeah, there there there's some there's some gems in there. That's great. That's great. Um, as far as the G is concerned, um, if you, again, if you Google grit scale, you can actually take the test online. Um, I would highly encourage you to do that. Now, it doesn't really matter what your score is. I don't care if it's a zero. Um, it could be a five. It could be a zero. But what it is, is a, it's a benchmark for you. It's where you start. And then if you start to learn more about grit, if you start to learn more about flourishing, you know, through Seligman's work, you start to learn more about, you know, the growth mindset through Carol Dweck, you know, take it again in six months. And and I guarantee you that you'll see your score increase. You're going to be healthier. You're going to be happier. You're going to have less stress. You're going to learn how to deal with some of the issues and challenges that you're faced with. And you're just going to get through it a whole lot easier. So take that test. That's that tool. And then lastly, as it relates to relationships, um, again, our good buddy, Derek Coburn wrote a phenomenal book, a phenomenal book. You know, networking is not working. Read that book. You know, it's a great resource to really understand how to build, you know, long relationships that actually mean something. Um, and again, it's not about the dollar. It's not about the business. It's about really being altruistic in the way that you treat people. And I love his book, and uh, he did a phenomenal job. So those are my tools. Cool. That's awesome, man. So if you had one piece of advice that you had to narrow it down to, mm-hmm. to give an entrepreneur who's either starting a business, facing some of these challenges, what would you tell them to do? What's the biggest lesson, in essence, that you've learned in your businesses that if you had it to do over again? I mean, obviously, you gave people tools, you gave them a roadmap, but if you had one thing that says, look, tomorrow, focus on this, what would it be? So Thomas Edison had a quote, something to the effect of, you know, the, our, our greatest weakness lies in giving up. The key is to try always just one more time. Yep. So it's, you just got to keep going. Jim Collins talk, talks about the Stockdale paradox where, you know, you have to face the brutal facts, but at the same time, have the faith and belief that you're going to get through it. You know, and Jeff Lesher from Entrecrest, he talks to us all the time about this. It's like, you have to believe because if you don't believe, your people are not going to believe and your people, people are not going to believe and you're doomed. Yeah. So just you know, keep the faith. Keep the faith. You'll get through it. 
Cool, man. I'm sure people are going to want to reach out to you. Thank you. Ask other questions. What's the best way for people to find you online? Uh, yeah, so I'll give everybody my email address. It's Dr. J, D-R-J-A-Y, at S-S, as in Sam Sam, rehab.com. If you Google J Chiropractor or Dr. J Chiropractor, I'll probably be the one that comes up. I'm in Washington, D.C., so that might you know help if you can't find me. But, yeah, like anything I can do to help, I'm happy to do so. Dr. J, thanks for hanging out with me, man. This is awesome. Always a blast, my friend. Man, I could just talk to Jay for hours. He's got so much great insight and just an amazing energy about him. Let me give you a quick 30-second recap of the things I think you can take away in using your business right away. First, we need to make sure that when we think about challenges and failures, we think about how to overcome our fears. The, the big message in all this that we talked about with Jay is this idea of swagger. So first, that idea of Six Sigma, of making sure you're optimizing how you operate. The who, the autonomy, the grit, and then the relationship side. That'll build that growth mindset that will allow you to really achieve remarkable success. Remember, this program gets its direction from you, the listener. If there's a guest you want me to have on the show or a topic you'd like me to cover, just drop me a note at ian at ianaltman.com. I'd love it if you subscribed on iTunes or Stitcher. Share it with your friends. That's what helps give us traction, allows me to keep serving the community the way we've been doing. Have an amazing week, add value, and grow revenue in a way everybody can embrace, even your customer.